Speaking of growing in love, what are the different stages of growing in love? Well, is it after marriage or is it before marriage? It's, it's before marriage. It's mostly single women who watch this. Okay. So mm -hmm. that's my book, Mars, Venus on a Date. Very powerful, practical book filled with practical things that could fill up eight hours of my talking. Keep that in mind. But I'm going to go <laughs> over it as an overview. Five basic stages to where you know you're with the right person and you get married. Okay. So certainly this is for people who are thinking one day I'd like to get married. Now, the first stage is don't look for the perfect person. Don't go after the person who turns you on. Go after the person that you feel safe with, who's more interested in you than you're interested in him. In most cases, and particularly if you've had a history of being really excited by a man and you don't even know him, and even worse, he doesn't even know you and you're still turned on to him. That's the wrong kind of turn on. That's your male side. See, men get more turned on to strangers than real people. That's why men like porn so much. <laughs> it's like, it's hard to figure all this stuff out unless you understand hormones. You see, if I love my wife, estrogen gets produced in me and it lowers my testosterone. Estrogen lowers testosterone. They're opposing forces, complementary forces. So if you look statistically, just get this one. Statistically, single men statistically have higher testosterone than other men. Men who are in a committed relationships their testosterone goes down a notch. Why? Because they care more about this woman than strangers. More estrogen is being produced. Men who get married, now his testosterone goes down even more. His estrogen goes higher because he feels more and more love. And also she starts doing all these nice things for him. His estrogen goes up. He's receiving so much from you, his testosterone goes down. He takes you for granted. He doesn't have to do anything. You just keep giving all this love. His estrogen goes down. He loses that high testosterone that says, I want to please, I want to get out there and do something for you. I want to plan this. I want to hold your hand. I want to compliment you. I'm going to do all those things. Now I'm not going to do them because you're doing all this stuff for him. He just said, okay, I like this. He's on his female side. He's enjoying you. Then he has children. His testosterone goes down. That's where the sex usually goes away in relationships when you have kids. And it's not that you're too tired. You were never too tired in the beginning. It's not that you don't have time. You sat there and watched the news. You sat there and watched some movie. You could have been, been naked having great sex. It's your hormones is that when you have children, every man who has children in the big surveys has the lowest testosterone. Why? Because everybody loves little children. Little children produce huge amounts of nurturing hormones of estrogen and oxytocin because they're so safe. Well, did I, did my testosterone go down? No, because I knew how to keep my testosterone up. You have to have skills, relationship skills, where a man feels successful in providing for the woman. The woman has boundaries. She doesn't overgive. Every time you overgive to a man, you will feel resentful. When you feel resentment, like he should do more for me, his testosterone will go down. When you have the feeling of he's amazing, he's brilliant, he's wonderful, I'm so lucky to be with him, boom, his testosterone comes home just seeing you. So we have to counter these forces in life that lower our testosterone down if you're a man. And women have the power to do it. Oh my gosh, you have the power to do it. But only if 10% of your happiness is dependent on him. 90% of your happiness has to be in your awareness. I'm happy, not dependent on him. I depend on him for the really good stuff. I depend on him to make me happier. Now, in the old world, you depend on a man for survival, for security. And to a certain extent, you may still depend on that. But to a great extent, we are now liberated 
from depending on each other. We've got police, we've got stock market, we've got jobs. Women are free to make their own money. You, and if you're divorced, if you're married and dependent on him, you've got a divorced lawyer and you can get half of what he gets. So all the, you know, basically we are so much more free than any other generation. And with that freedom means women can be their male side or their female side. Men can be their female side or their male side. The problem is the way we're set up biologically is that if you go to, if you go to your male side women and you neglect your female side and your estrogen goes down, now you get addicted to your male side. And men, if you, if female side feels so good, it's just anytime you're depending on something to make you feel good, you're on your female side. When you're depending on yourself, I'll do it myself, I can do it myself, then you're on your male side. So men will start being, oh, they're just uh, doing porn and these women are doing it for free for you. It's just absurd. This is like brain damage is happening in our young people due to this porn thing. But even just being married, having your wife cook for you and clean for you, do all these things for you, men become passive because he's not doing something to earn that. Particularly in the old days, women could do that because all day long he was out making money and she wasn't out making money. So she really appreciated just the fact that he made money. She had so much appreciation for him because she couldn't make money. So when you're hungry and somebody feeds you, kabang, you know, your estrogen off the roof. You're so, so grateful. I remember when I was homeless, I had no place to live. I had no place to go. I was living on the cold beaches and I had no money. And a friend of mine from the past came to me and he gave me $50. Now, $50, 40, 50 years ago, $50 was like $500 he just gave me. That changed my life. That helped me so much. So I was able to rise up from that state and I did it myself. I'm a self-made man. And that's why I have such testosterone. Nobody did it for me. People did it with me. Oh my gosh, I couldn't have done what I've done without the team of people that helped me and support me and have been there for me. But that's my female side. You have to have a balance of masculine and feminine. So the stages of dating, that's a little under, underneath the whole thing. So stages of dating, first stage of dating, attraction. You feel attraction. Now you have to know women. If you're more attracted to a man than he's attracted to you, he's the wrong guy. He's going to cause you to go into all your people pleasing parts of you, which is your male side. You want to be in a power position where he wants you more than you want him. But some men today, they're so feminized that they're shy and they'll talk to women that they're not that interested in. But as soon as he talks to you, if he's attracted to you, he won't approach you. He can't even look at you. Why? Because he feels ashamed because inside physical attraction in man means I want to have sex with you. And today men are so shamed for being these sexual guys who just want to have sex. You shouldn't want to have sex. You should just want to be in a relationship. And yeah, relationship's good, but biologically men feel sex first. Then if you don't ejaculate, then you start to have more of an emotional connection. And then if you don't, if you're able to not become more emotional than her, but be there for her emotions, then you learn how to have different points of view without feeling resistance. So men become more and more uh, emotionally attached to you if they don't ejaculate, then they get to their mind and they start finding that you're very interesting and I can listen to what you say and I can be turned on to you. That's when you have sex with a man. So you got to test him first to see if he's mature enough to come inside of you. Otherwise, if he just connects sexually, the sex energy is gone after ejaculation a few times, he'll withdraw and then he'll be attracted to some woman that he doesn't know because it's easier to get turned on to a stranger for men than it is to be turned on with a woman you care about. But he feels so ashamed for being a sexual being. We've shamed men for that. 
all these conflicting messages. We shamed women for wanting sex too. Uh, so we have all this confusion around sex, but the point is in the attraction stage, often many men today are so sensitive and they're good guys, all right? But they don't even approach you because they're ashamed. They can't even look at you. So you see him and you think that's kind of a nice guy that feels safe, not that you're turned on. Don't go to guys you're turned on to. That's a mistake. You go to a guy that makes you feel safe. If you're turned on to a stranger, you're on your male side and it's always going to you're going to go to your male side. He'll go to his female side, want to have sex right away and never want to see you again. And many men uh, feel disgusted by you or they just like you less after having sex. There's a, a cartoon about this. This is pretty well-known knowledge now. And it says that one person saying to another man, is it really true that you'll like me less if I have sex with you right away? And he says, well, not exactly the complete truth. If you have sex with me right away, I'll like myself more. <laughs> <laughs> That's masculinity. Don't give it away, women. So dating stage, you have to be proceptive in the stage of attraction, which is you're not feeling sexually attracted, but you're feeling like some respect, some curiosity, some interest that he's interesting. I want to get to know him better and literally then test him out and share. Can I be safe in expressing my point of view through conversation? So you might have to pursue him a little bit, just enough to give him the security that he can now pursue you. It's as simple as going on a nice date with a guy and you're feeling a little attraction and 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 you feel like you'd wanna kiss him or want him to kiss you and he doesn't, then you could say to him, if you wanna kiss me, it's okay. <laughs> you see that in the movies a lot. Because yeah. guys are, we're so afraid of doing anything now. Oh my God, if I'm sexual, I'm the bad guy. And yes, some guys are bad guys and all this conversation is good to a certain extent. Everything we, when we go through these changes in society, we always go extreme. Everything's hypersensitivity. And then there's a hyper reaction to it. And gradually it comes back into balance. We don't have to buy into that in our own personal lives. So yes, you have to be proceptive, not going after a guy. Focus on letting him know in subtle ways. And it used to be women could just curl your hair and that would be an invitation for a guy to come up. Or you'd look at him a few times and that would be an invitation for him to come up. Now you look at a guy a few times and he'll think, what's wrong with me? You know, do I, did I, do I need a haircut? <laughs> it's like, we're, we're too sensitive. Okay. And, and then we're too ashamed. So you have to give him some, some, a little bit of leaning towards him and then back, go back, let him pursue you. Now that's stage one is attraction. Women need to first feel the mental, emotional, then physical attraction. Men, it's appropriate to feel physical attraction right away but don't act on it. You'll get a chance to then see if there's emotional compatibility and then mental compatibility. That's the time when you actually want to be physically intimate. So having said all that, that's the first stage is attraction and understanding women don't trust any physical attraction you feel with a stranger because it's only fantasy. It's only fantasy and you'll get hurt. You'll become needy afterwards because you'll bond and then he'll be gone. Mm -hmm. Okay, and men, basically use some wisdom. Don't have sex right away. It'll take some time to get to know her and see if you're still turned on to her. Because if she, if you don't know her and she doesn't appreciate you for who you are and you knowing her, there's not going to be a connection. And if you don't have sex and there's a connection, you ejaculate with sex, you're going to uh, be repelled and you won't give the relationship a chance. There's actually a hormone that gets produced when a woman feels seen and heard and you have sex with her. Then when you ejaculate, your body then also makes prolactin. Prolactin inhibits your sexual cravings. So you can go without sex with another woman and you can start rebuilding your testosterone so you can stay turned on to her. 
So this is a process. This is a little bit about the first stage of attraction. You feel attraction. Now you get to know somebody. Don't have sex with them, ideally. Kiss, make out. That's enough. First base. That's it. Second base, step two. Now you're starting to get closer. And for most people, practically speaking, you've already had sex at this point. Uh, but if you take longer, they'll still get to this point. And this is step two is uncertainty. Doubting the relationship. Once you begin to feel this person might be right for you based upon real experience, you'll start to doubt it. It's normal. If you want to buy my, you like my house, you'd enjoy it. But then if you want to buy it, you doubt it. You, am I doing the right thing? Because suddenly you go into a fear response. And when women go in a fear response, you have to gradually doubt your doubts. Okay. I doubt, doubt your doubts. Give your relationship a chance to grow. But when you go into that fear response, for women, they seek reassurance. They want to talk about the relationship. They want to get closer and they wonder what he's thinking. Do you like me? Am I important to you? You're looking for more from him. And that's where you need to look back to your own life. You're being needy. You're needing reassurance at that stage where there's no commitment. You know, you haven't gotten to commitment stage. That's the third stage, commitment. So before you get to commitment, if this is like possibility, this could be a nice relationship. Now, at a certain point before you move to commitment, it's natural for people to feel doubt. Just as you will seek reassurance, don't look to him. Don't go closer to him. Actually pull away and seek more fulfillment from your life. And let men be just the dessert. Come back to having your life make you happy so that he can make you happier. Now, while you're pulling away, it's very important because when he goes into that doubting stage, he will pull away. His in, you tend to go closer. I'm telling you to pull away and find your own security in your life and be patient with him to come back. Because what happens when men go to the second stage of uncertainty, they withdraw. That's what they do. They pull away. And the only way they grow in confidence that you're the one for them is if they pull away and you don't pursue them, then they miss you and they want to come back and they can make you happy again. And then they pull away and then they miss you and come back to you. Each time a man comes back, he has the potential to increase more bonding with you. Because, and particularly if he has sex with you, oh, there's such a loss of energy, he'll just go off to the next woman. So many men in their 40s have never gotten married. They can't make up their minds. It's because they go from one woman to another woman. If he, if he has sex with her, he, testosterone goes down, find a stranger, have sex with her, testosterone goes down, your old girlfriend, now she looks better. So now I'm gonna go be with her. It's all this back and forth. That's why you don't wanna have sex until you're in a committed relationship and he's not gonna be ping-ponging back and forth with other women, which confuses everything. He's gonna do it with you. Now that's the uncertainty stage. He pulls away, don't go after him. He will come back to you. And when he comes back to you in three weeks, he calls you, don't slap his hand. Just say, hey, I'm so happy to see you. And when uncertainty stage, when he pulls away, He's probably masturbating, which slows down the process of bound it, bonding or looking at other women. But so he's not going to come back to you, but you need to not push for him, but you need to send him little texts. Hey, I just saw so-and-so. It was really fun. I remember that date and I thought about this and I, you know, it was such a great time. Just send little FYI messages, FYI for your information only with a little picture of you having a good time. Another one is an SOS message which is, oh, I tried to figure out what to do about this stock I was gonna invest in. I know you know so much about it. What do you think about this? Something where his expertise could help you. And, and that's it, short answer, FYI, no response necessary, uh, SOS. These are all terms my daughter, Lauren, who is 40, you know, 35, she's teaching relationships. She teaches women in dating how to, how to make sure you secure the relationship. 
not be needy and teaches married women how to sustain passion by not being so needy, but learning how to get me time, how to create a life so you're only dependent on men for 10% of your happiness. Then that's a, all, you can only win with that formula because it's so easy for him then to make you happier. So you can't be needy. Okay, so next, back and forth, back and forth, security will start to happen. You get a commitment from him before you have sex with him. That's very important. He has a commitment. Then what happens once the commitment happens, we already know there's another drop in testosterone and it doesn't have to be that way. I just want to say, I was just quoting statistics. For me, testosterone is always increasing because I know this stuff. I know how to get what I need. I know how to balance my masculine and my feminine, but people don't know how to do that. So his testosterone is now taking a notch down because he cares more about you. So he gets lazy, symptom of low testosterone, lack of motivation, too much energy, doesn't plan stuff, stops giving you hugs, stops giving you kisses. Why do that stuff when we can have sex? So he'll do the big stuff. Why do the little stuff? That's where you have to learn how to communicate with him, not overgive, because often your tendency, once you make the commitment is, okay, now I'll give more and get more. But actually by giving more, you get less. And then he starts being going back to stage two and having doubts and so forth. So in stage three, you have to practice women. Don't give more. This is about learning how to ask for what you want. Hold back. Make sure you don't stop your life for him. And then make sure there's space for him to miss you and come closer to you. And, and, and unfortunately, most people then move in together at that point. And then you got all the problems of too much time together. You have to have distance coming close, distance coming close. That's bonding, just like sex. He comes in, he goes out. He comes in, he goes out. It goes more and more and more. You have to take the time to do this. Now you might think, wow, this takes too much time. No, by doing this, you're correcting your own imbalances inside yourself. So if that relationship fails, you're ready for the next one. You'll go through those things so much easier and better. You're training yourself how to love yourself and love others by not giving yourself away if you're a woman in that commitment stage. That's the stage where you need to start asking for more in small increments with big rewards and stop giving more. Don't give more, actually give a little less because now you feel more secure. He's, he's committed to you. Now you can ask for a little bit more, but you don't, don't argue, don't fight, don't complain, ask. And most of the time, just focus on being positive and appreciating what you have and not needing so much from him, letting him feel the distance to go into you. All right. So then what happens is once you're feeling very, very safe, step four comes up. That's called real intimacy. Real intimacy is where you start getting triggered by your partner. Now, if you have sex right away, sex is very intimate. You'll start getting triggered right away. That's another reason not to have sex right away. Because once you have sex, you're back to all of your unresolved issues from early childhood that you're completely oblivious of. You tend to overreact to things. You tend to feel powerless. You feel a victim, like a victim. You tend to overreact to things. You feel all these emotions of neediness starts to come up then. As soon as you start to have that commit, committed relationship, then he'll say things, he'll look at another woman, he'll do this, you'll feel jealous, you get insecure, you start doubting him, you get mad at him, you start giving. And women often give as an instinctive subconscious mechanism to justify feeling resentment so you can demand more. And none of that works, none of that works. It's all automatic programming from when we used to be monkeys. This is all monkey stuff, mindless behavior. We do things that just don't work. Why do we keep doing it? Because we haven't learned how to process our emotional stuff. So once you start having sex and you start to open up to somebody, it triggers all of these irrational emotions. You find yourself becoming more emotional with negative emotions, fears, insecurities, doubts, anger, jealousy, uh, feeling hurt, 
you know, feeling hurt is extremely like a two-year-old, okay? It's, it's feeling completely powerless. The worst thing psychology has done is given women permission, encourage women to say, well, I feel hurt when you say that. No, you don't feel hurt when he says that. He says that it triggers you to remember being this child who's like hurt. And when you feel hurt, it's because you're feeling left out and you're feeling left out because you're crying in your crib and nobody's coming to you. That's who you are at that time. You're a child throwing a tantrum, but you can't realize that. That's all buried in your unconscious mind. So when you're feeling hurt, anger, sad, afraid, these are emotions that can transform your life if you embrace them like a little child. Don't use them to change your partner's behavior. Whenever you use your subconscious programming to change your partner's behavior, your subconscious programming becomes magnified. You're going back to a childhood state where you don't have language even to communicate what you need and what you wish. So if you're a monkey and you have no language, I step on your foot, you go, ow. And I step on your foot again, you go, ow, ow. And you yell, like yelling is the stupidest thing, the worst communication skill ever. And crying and blaming your partner is terrible. Crying and asking for your partner to listen to help you feel better, that's intelligent. Because what you need is to hear that part of you first. That's called self-love. And let go of that negativity with positive thinking after you embrace that part of you. Then, And these are techniques. These are the processes that I teach in my books, how to transform negative emotion to positive emotion without changing your partner. Then when you can transform, intimacy triggers all your stuff. That's what a soulmate is. It's a person who's not perfect. It's a person who perfectly pushes your buttons. And if you have the skill to transform negativity to positivity, you now become a more positive, loving person. So you have to learn at that point how to be accountable for the buttons that come up as you become more naked with someone. They see more into you. You see yourself more and you begin to see all the things that you repress throughout your life. It will come up. Buttons get pushed. Then if you can start going through your stuff again and again and again, re-coming back, coming back to love, coming back to love, then what happens is the fifth stage, which is engagement. Then one day you wake up and you know this is the person for you. Just like I can drink some cold water. This is actually warm water. And I go, that's hot. You just know it. How do you know the person's right for you? Once you can be intimate with someone at all levels, you've gone through those stages, you wake up one day and you go, they're the right person for me or they're the wrong person for me. You can have your heart totally open to somebody and then your mind goes, oh, but they're not the right person. They were the person to help heal me. And now I need to go find somebody else and you'll find somebody else very quickly. You didn't waste time. But you need to grow in personal responsibility, emotional intelligence, gender intelligence, learning how to support men, how to get men to support you. These are all new skills. You never needed them historically because culture taught men to make money. Culture taught women how to, have, how to be home, homemakers. We were taught. Mother taught daughter how to be mother. Father taught son how to be father. Now we need new knowledge. We need new information. We need new role models in order how to be in this new world where we're hypersensitive because we need our emotional needs fulfilled and we don't know how to do it. So we cry, then we cry louder and louder and louder because we don't know how to give it to ourselves. And then we know how to give it to somebody else. So that's why we say, love yourself first and you can love others. If you're okay at looking at your stuff and taking responsibility for it, then if somebody upsets you, you realize it's not about them, it's about me and how I can change my perspective on this. So those are the, the five stages of dating. Now you know, now you get engaged. 
and somebody knows before the other one, you have to be patient. And that's a whole art to having your partner realize you're the one before when you rush to thinking they're the one. But if you really take the time and you don't go into fantasy and you're in reality where you can really share yourself, when you know, they'll know. And then they propose. Now, propose is a whole thing, which is men. And I know I'm talking mainly women, but men need to know this. Proposal is something a woman's going to remember the whole rest of her life. Okay. It, make it special. Go overboard on that one. You know, I teach, do lots of little things to keep the intimacy going. But that's one where a special occasion will always be a memorable because people will say, well, how did he propose? Or when did you know? You know, these are like big messages, turning points in our life. Very important to make that a special event that's memorable. Do something out of the ordinary. Now, having said that, don't get married right away. That's my fifth stage of dating. Don't get married right away. As soon as you get married, it triggers all kinds of stuff inside of you. Marriage is a lot of new challenges. You know, what furniture? Where do we put this? How do we share our money? All those things, it's new challenges you put. So what you do during your during your uh, engagement period is you handle little problems. Let's, let's talk about what we'd like it to be and how we'd like it to be without it actually being living together at that point. But you're slowly beginning to discover how you manage life, what your likes are, what you're not. You'll have challenges that come up. And because you're not living together yet, that's ideal. But if you are living together, because at least you're not married yet, you're not yet stuck in this relationship that's hard to get out of. You haven't been, bought the house fully. Now you don't have that anxiety. So you, without the pressure of this is my partner for my life, my monogamous partner, you have little challenges. You haven't yet signed on the dotted line. So there's not so much pressure to get your way. You're more patient. You're more open. In a sense, you're practicing. We can have different points of view and we can resolve them more effectively because you awesome. need that experience. Then when the pressure is there, you'll have that experience of, I know how to resolve these things. I don't have to make it such a big deal. My partner loves me and I love them. Wow. Incredible. So, so much wisdom, Dr. John Gray. We have to wrap up for today. So for the ladies who are interested in following, we'll have lots of resources um, for programs that your daughter created. Also, of course, the links to your books and any other programs that you have below this video as well. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. John Gray. It was so enlightened. I, I'm going to revisit all of that and have to take some notes. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's a real pleasure. I'm always happy to be with you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Take care, ladies. Bye-bye.